a real good buddy of mine, Hector Lefebvre, introduced me to the Shotokan school in about 2009, I'd say 2010. Okay, okay. So with your history with the martial arts, have you ever tried... Today we will be talking about martial arts use and martial art content and we will be talking about different phases of the martial arts, different stages of the martial arts, beginning, intermediate, and advanced. How to study, how to prepare yourself, how to look for a martial arts school, what you should be everything in between so welcome to the way relax and by all means enjoy the show today my name is Hunchy Henry Graves owner of Henry Graves Martial Art Academy we're located in Orlando Florida at 2345 East Michigan Street there we specialize in working with kids adults families and we do self-defense jiu-jitsu Kickbox and aerobics, aerobics, and we're presently taking on a course that present yoga to our patrons. Today we want to talk about the martial arts schools. What should you look for in a martial arts school? How often should you go to the dojo? And what should you expect from the dojo? Well, the choice of martial arts are pretty wide. You got all kind of martial arts out there, all kind of very successful martial arts out there. But basically, martial arts is a personal journey. You may like a straight line martial art. You may like a more circular martial art. You may like more of weapon martial art. You may like more of um, kata, empty hand kind of thing. Or you might like a weapon kata thing. Or you might like a combination of um, weapons and empty-hand kata. Or you may just like combat, sparring, or a combination of all three. Here's what I suggest to you. Go visit a school. Take a class there. Thank the instructor for the time that he's putting in. Because every instructor puts in his heart into every student he meets and be with. So it's very important to us that when we take on a student or a potential new student and we put a whole lot into that. So give him your undervalued attention. Okay? Then be like an empty glass that's being filled with water. And become that container. So 
if you like sparring, then you want to go to somewhere that offers you a variety of contact, light contact, heavy contact, extreme contact, maybe even something like MMA kind of contact. If you like more empty hand kata for just a way of building self in a mental aspect of that, you may want to find a, a school that offers you know, a lot of kata training, traditional and untraditional kata training. And that way you can get music involved into it or just simply no music involved into it. Or perhaps you may be the type of student that want only weapons. Learning how to work with weapon collars, learning how to not work with weapon collars, just use of weapons, and there are many aspects that they can be used in. So you may want to find a school that offers you just kabuto, just weapons. I suggest learning somewhere that you can get all three. What I look for is when I walk into the dojo, the atmosphere, how I feel when I first walk into that building. Do I feel a presence of martial way? Is the kids running around, jumping, doing whatever they want to do? Or is the adults basically standing in the corner somewhere chatting and not really working out? They're just socializing. These things are very important. And when I first put my foot on that floor, do I feel it? What is it? Undescribable. It's like a charge in your body. It's like a moment that you realize that, wow, this is where I need to be. This is this is really good for me. I'm going to bring a lot out of this. I'm going to bring a lot into this. This is home. That's what that is. It's teaching you how to be more focused on what you're doing. And not to be all over the place. You know, sometimes we sit down and we get engaged in conversation with other people. And they're talking to us and we may be thinking about, "Mm, you know, I got to cook dinner tonight. They're not really listening to what they're saying. One aspect of the martial arts, it really seriously deal with the focus point of being in the moment. And being there. And being aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and when you're doing it. So that's one good reason why the martial arts is a personal thing. When you go to a dojo, it got to be a feeling of this is feel good. It feels right for me. So it helps you get rid of that unfocused mind, make you more of a focused mind. Kata have a tendency to do that really well because now you're building on a, a routine, a pattern, um, specific movements already placed and you're following along with it, keeping to those specific movements. Kata is another interpretation of a, a fight or just technique. How to use a technique in a position or in a specific situation. Um, I like Kata for that aspect of it. Weapons is just an extension of what you're doing with your body. Whether it's Striking or blocking. You're still using aspects of hands, arms, legs, shoulders, waist, feet. Everything is still being 
in consideration. Sparring, to me, is more or less a self-expression of how I use my body to get to a precision or to a certain point where I feel that I've had good balance when I struck or good technique when I blocked or just being in the moment, being able to deal with that situation by using my body and nothing else to defend myself. Or if I have to, you know, onside attack because of someone's trying to attack someone else or hurt someone else and I have to de- defend them, okay? The mental mind in martial arts, uh, recently I was at an event hosted by the Zen Life Center and they, um, very good event, it was held downtown Orlando and we um, had at the end of the show, we had a board breaking come up. We took some people out of the audience that never did martial arts before and you know, brought them up and um, introduced them to breaking boards. And what it was set to do was that sometimes, you know, we have limitations that we tell ourselves we can't do something when it's just a matter of trying, and you can. And I, I remember the young lady that came up with me. Um, I asked her if she ever um, did any board breaking before or any martial arts. She told me no. And I said, okay, well, you're going to do fine. You know, she's an adult. I said, um, first of all, I want you to get in a good stance and I want you to focus on believing that everything is possible. Everything that you want to do in this world, you can do it. Anything that you set your mind to, all you have to do is take one step and you're able to do that. But not taking a step is putting you in an area where you didn't even try to do it. She said, yes, sir. I said, okay, so here we go. I'm going to hold this board, and you're going to strike it right in the middle, and you're going to break the board. But you got to put it in your mind that you're going to do it. So, you know, we practice a couple steps, how to step through, how to place your hands, and things like that, briefly for maybe not even a minute, I don't think. So at the point I held the board, took a step back, and I told her, you know, when you strike it, make sure you give a good spirit yell, which is a kia. It's like, sort of like if you pick something up that's heavy and you got uh, grunting, a kia is exerting that same force or that same um, technique into a focus area and a specific target area, and you're using your hands or feet to strike it or head or elbows or knees or whatever to strike that point to achieve the objective, which is to break it. So she was ready. She got ready to do this technique and held back. And I said, okay, here we go. Get in your stance. I stood back in my position, hold the board up for her, held the board up for her. She came through, man, with a bunch of power, and she hit my hand. She didn't break the board, but, man, I thought she broke my fingers. I said, okay, no problem. You know, I didn't, you know, I said, no problem. You can do this, but you got to hit right in the middle. Concentrate and don't hit the board. I want you to concentrate beyond the board. Like picture, you're going to hit in front of my chest, but you're going to touch my chest. And the second time she attempted this, let me tell you, she broke clean through. Good follow-up, good technique. You know, it was like a very proud moment for her and her daughter. They were very both elated and clapping and very thankful and things like that. And, you know, it's like a point that she just said to herself, to me, it seemed like she said, you know, I can do this. I can do whatever. And that's what the martial arts give us, a, simple, a sense of that we can accomplish things. That's why I very seriously advocate the martial arts 
And at Henry Grace Martial Art Academy, we advocate you being the best that you can be. You don't have to be as good as the person to your left or your right. You just have to be as good as you can be. And at that point, you're living up to your potential. Can you always get better? Indeed. This is an art that of self-improvement. And time, you get that. I always tell my students, practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes permanent. You know, when we um, send our kids off to school and we put them in an environment where we have people teaching them and we have other people teaching them too. You know, their peers, also their teachers, as well as the public officials that's teaching them, you know, math and reading and arithmetic and writing and English and, you know, sports and all that kind of stuff. In the martial arts, it's a self-expression. I really advocate martial arts to everyone. I think it's a way of life, and I think it could be a great enhancement to whatever you're doing in your life. I don't think it would ever take away. It's almost like you're finding that you can breathe very deeply. And through that in and out exchanging of air, you find in the beats in between, the moments in between, which are very important, which are very stimulating, which is very helpful for us to grow. You know, um, you never lose. We learn. We may, if you never try something, how you know how good you're going to be at it. And if you don't quite work out the first way you want it to, you keep it up if it's something you really want to do and you will get better at it. And you achieve that desired result. Having confidence, it's something really, really big. You know, always try to have confidence. And, you know, I'm proud to be an American, proud to be here living in these United States and, you know, being able to be able to do a lot of things. I, I take everything that we got over here, you know, in stride. If it's been a challenging state for me because I have seen highs and I've seen lows. I've seen some great, great things done. I've seen some great charity. I've seen some great mishaps. But, you know, people, we're resilient. And this is another way of martial way to teach you how to use that resilience to move forward past obstacles. The other day I was um, working on uh, my Gary, a front kick. As I was doing my front kick, I, I remember and I was kicking a wave master and I was thinking to myself, everything that goes into my kick from the mental thought to the physical action, you know, the breathing, the focus, the right preparation, the right placement of my feet, the right placement of my toes, the right timing, the right meite, the distance between where I'm coming from to where I'm going to, the striking point, and making it all fit into one. And every time I was doing this front kick, I was noticing that I was hitting pretty much in the same spot. How many of you guys that remember the first time you attempted a front kick? What it looked like, man? Huh? Wow, did you chamber properly? Did you engage your breathing properly? 
Did you follow through properly? Or was it an ongoing building on the basics that Sensei was teaching you to do? And um, I kept saying to myself, you know, even though I can do this front kick relatively with ease, it still ain't the way I really want it to be. How many of you instructors out there know what I'm talking about? You know, um, I think we should always seek to get there and not think we're already there. Or because I've had five years, 10 years, whatever amount of years into doing it, you know, I automatically can do it perfect. You know, I seek perfection. The main part of me seek perfection is perfection of my character. So when, in doing this front kick, and by chambering in and falling through and then kicking and hitting the bag, you know, a couple things started coming to me. How I was hearing it, all the great creation into doing this thing, how the great focus into doing this thing, and it came to be a part of the total totality of the front kick. You know, how to knee, how to snap, you know, how to thrust, all these different aspects of doing a simple front kick. It made me realize that basics are basics, but what we put into our basics make those basics extraordinary. Although they are ordinary to begin with, what we put into it makes it extraordinary. Very important thing to think about this. Now, you may say, well, you know, Sensei was it's just a front kick. You know, this is, no, it's more than just a front kick. It's a technique, it's a way to expression of my will and my placement and my follow through and my commitment and my dedication. The martial arts teaches us also about being dedicated. Um, it's very hard to learn this when you're a, a koha or a basic student, a karateka, learning these things. As you grow into mastery of the art, you learn that commitment is all what it was ever about. You know, staying committed. A lot of people, you know, it's getting sad to me to see that in the dojos, a lot of people are, are dojo hopping from this dojo to another dojo to not staying committed to the dojo. It's, it's, it's really saddens me to see that happen. And I wish, you know, that would change. But, you know, I understand that in God's word, this whole world is changing. Everything is changing. And things are going to change and things are going to happen. And sometimes we don't want these things to occur, but they occur. But remember this, they all happen for a reason. Okay, Growth sometimes causes some discomfort. And then you have to learn how to deal with adversity. I'm not saying that all adversity is bad adversity. Some of it is really good for you because it helps you to get to another level. Um, and also choosing of your school, you also, that brings me to a point of um, philosophy. Your sensei, most senseis are going to talk about punching, kicking, way proper alignment, way proper stances, way you move into your kata, way you move out of your kata, the timing of the kata. But not a lot of senseis are going to give you a mental recipe for success. When you find that sensei that gives you that and helps you get from when you first walk in the door and years later, he then gave you that or she have given you that and you have adopted it 
and you have learned it and then it has made you become at another next level karateka, I would say, for lack of a better word, then it's time for you to get back to your dojo and bring other students up to that because it's all about energy inside the dojo. You know, we, we shouldn't be to a point, like Sensei is unselfish. He gives it to all the students and he makes sure all the students have opportunity to get as far as he got in the area or beyond. And when you get that level in the dojo that you reach a certain level or sumpai level as a senior student, whether you're a black belt or second degree, third degree or whatever, but you're the highest black belt on the sensei, you're the sumpai of that, sensei of that. And you help other yadanchas come into the fold to become better at what they're doing. That's the part of giving that is sometimes ignored or overlooked. Um, by all means, everyone should grow and spread their wings and be as strong and as vibrant and, you know, you know, share their talents and, and all of that, you know, and go as far as you can go with it. Don't forget your dojo. Don't forget it. Um, I've been very lucky with my students. Very, very lucky. And I appreciate them all and I thank them all. So how does this mindset thing work, right? How is this spirit being transferred? It takes time. Through the aspect of working with Sensei and being around Sensei and hearing Sensei talk about different things while you're inside the dojo, you kind of pick up on what Sensei philosophy is. And if it's good, then you're going to know it in your spirit and you're going to adapt it nurture it, grow from it, become very strong from it, become very powerful with it, and be able to expand it to other people. This is the way of it is. I was um, talking to a student just last night, and they come up to me, Sensei, you know, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I say, when you grow up, I want you to be just like you. What do you mean? Well, that means in being the martial artist that you are or the young man that you're going to become or the father that one day you are going to be, in that, remembering that all of us make mistakes, all of us have to grow, all of us feel pain, all of us feel joy, Sharing that with your children and with your other further students make you a better person, make you a stronger person, make you a more willing person, even though sometimes you may think it makes you a vulnerable person, it gives you strength. So when you grow up, I want you to be just like you or better. Us, thank you, Sensei. Us, thank you. That's what I told him. And I just the look on his face gave me that feeling that, you know, this conversation one day when I'm long gone, he may be sitting there one day having the same conversation with his daughter or his son and telling them about becoming the best of themselves that they can become. Ain't it wonderful being a martial artist? Isn't it wonderful being titled sensei or teacher? Very wonderful. Um... And this brings me to another aspect. Um, how many of you guys out there like the word coach in martial arts? Personally, me, 
I would prefer to be called sensei than coach. Because of the mere fact of where I'm going with it and where I'm coming from it and where I'm, where I'm, where I'm headed as well as where I've been. You know, um, I think a coach can be practically anyone, but I think a sensei is the one who's been tested in that fire. And that's the person that I want to follow. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying that it's right and it's only opinion of a, a man. That's all it is. And I would welcome any comments on that. Period. Um, should a, the degree of the instructor mean the, the um, knowledge or the um, legitimacy of the martial arts school? Um, that could be a very vexing question. Um, of course, I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in the school with someone who's a first degree black belt and that's it or second degree black belt and that's it. I would love to put it with someone who I know have, you know, retained at least third degree or higher or been exposed to it for a great many years. Um, because that seems like they would have more time in, in grade, more time being that black belt. So then they have met a lot of different situations and have been a part of a lot of different things. Um, not saying that the, the second degree could teach better than the first degree or first degree teach worse than a sumpai or, 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 or advanced student or saying that the fifth degree is better than the third degree. I'm just saying that with time, wisdom has a opportunity to be there present and with wisdom comes that knowledge of being in that black belt and the way that black belt should be withheld and held and upheld. That's why I say that. Um, some of us are, you know, older and we've been around a long time and when a student comes to us with a particular question or an adult, I've had adults come to me and ask me different things and I've given my opinion on different things as being a martial artist and they really wasn't expecting it that a karate person would have such an insight. Well, karate to me is life. Life is also karate as well as all experiences I've done, dealt with in my life. Karate has been a big part of it, has been a part of it. So that's why I say the dojo is a place you go to not only practice but to grow. I, I remember becoming a white belt, moving up to my black belt and beyond. That was a good thing. And with all of that being there, knowing that my God had a big impact on my life of me staying within the martial arts and becoming uh, who I am today in the martial arts. That's a good thing. What is the highest level? I don't expect for a lot of people to understand what I'm about to say. I think the highest level of understanding is when you can go back to the beginning. Okay, so say you're 10th degree black belt, 9th degree black belt, 5th degree black belt. And is that the highest, 10th degree? I believe in going back to the beginning and looking back over what I've learned 
and being very, very, very excited about what I'm about to learn. That's why I say you never really stop learning. They can put a 10th degree black belt on you, but that don't mean you have to stay in a 10th degree black belt mindset. They can put a third degree black belt on you, that don't mean you have to stay in a third degree mindset. What I'm trying to say is going from a third to a 10 or from a one first to a 10 or from a six to a 10 or a fifth to a 10 is a frame of mindset. But if you say the 10th is as high as I can go, I can't go no higher. Do that put a limitation on where you're going in your thought? That's why I say just remember, it's always like the beginning. No matter where you're at in the martial art training. Because I'm sure any sensei out there listening, if they see one student do something, you're going to see something new on that floor from one or two or a bunch of your students. That you say, oh wow, I, I can incorporate that or I can make a technique out of that. Even though they might not have known what they were doing when you did. And that's when we grow. And that's a good way to grow. And we're going to keep growing like that. The fire in martial arts. Well, in the beginning, you're on fire. You're ready to learn. You're getting out there. You're, you know, you're kicking, you're punching. You're at school, at the dojo, maybe three to five times a week, or maybe even more. And then that is like the beginning, you know, like your beginning stages of the martial arts. And then you get to a point where you get to like the... Um, like the, so you have beginners, right? Then you get to a point like the intermediates. So now this is a point where you started those techniques as a beginner that got you all excited because it's the first time you've seen it. You get to master them a little bit better or control them a little bit better or work with them better and be able to apply them a little bit better. You know, you're intermediate. You can do these things with, with a little bit more ease than you could when you're beginning. And with that being said, now, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, I, I know that technique. Well, I, I know that. That's when a lot of kids get kind of bored in the martial arts. Oh, you know, we're doing the same thing again, again. And yes, we're doing the same thing again, but we're approaching it differently because now you understand that and you're able to do that a little bit easier than you could before. And after a while, you'll be able to apply it with no mind. It's like somebody throw a ball at you. You don't have to tell yourself to catch it or move out the way. It's automatically done, right? A little intermediate lesson there. So you're learning to do things at a level where it don't take a lot of thought to do it. And at this stage, wow, you're really going at it in the martial arts, you know? And you can't wait to get to that next belt level where you're getting, you know, uh, a higher belt and now you just like, wow, man, you know, pretty soon I'm getting closer to that goal if your goal is to get into your black belt. I'm getting closer to my goal and I'm, I'm getting there. After a while, I'm going to be all the way there. I keep on this. I'm going to be I'm gonna be a black belt before no time. Look how much time it went by. And in my system or the way I do things at my dojo is when you get your brown belt, I kind of put the brakes on you a little bit. I let you test every six months. And that's because I want to see your dedication, your willingness to persevere, and your willingness to understand the thought process and get into that next level. 
because I'm not going to hold you back from testing if you're ready to test and you've, you know, fulfilled the requirements of these levels, then of course you're going to get an opportunity to move into your next level right before your black belt. And when people get into that level, I call it show done hole. A lot of them, well, first of all, let me get back. In the brown belt um, area in the martial arts, the intermediate state again for me, um, they're they know it all, right? They know it all. You know, at the dojo, we laughingly call that the brown belt syndrome. Because at that point, a lot of brown belts think they know so much because they've done so much, they're ready to fall off, and a lot of them quit. And sometimes it's because they're just bored, and sometimes it's because they say it's taking too long, and sometimes it's just circumstances. But those, however, who endure, persevere, and move on, get that chance to go into their advance, into that shodan hole. This is a black belt with the white stripe. At this point now, guys, we at that advanced stage, right? Wow. Man, I have arrived. That's what we're saying to ourselves. Man, I can break bricks. I can break wood. I can do good kata. I can perform with different weapons. You know, I'd have been to maybe a bunch of tournaments and done very well for myself or not, you know, whatever the case may be. But you've competed. You've done relatively good. So now I have arrived. I'm a showdown hole. I'm a black belt, probationary black belt. In another year, I'll be a black belt. So now I pretty much know what I'm doing. That's the time when you need to train harder. You really need to get into your aspect of your mental conditioning. You know how many people out there in the workforce, um, they compete for different levels like computer sciences and technology and stuff like that. And a lot of them get the break, not because they were so smart, but because of their diligence. And they're willing to accept responsibility and learn and grow. As martial artists, we have to be ready to take that same thing and be willing to grow. And that dojo now has become more important that that Shodan Ho is there being a leader. Oh, I know I got, you know, uh, now I got a girlfriend, I got, you know, other, other events coming up, and, you know, I, I, now it's all I got. It's not like before when you were there trying to get the knowledge. You wanted that instructor there to help you. Now it's more or less, oh, I got mine and now I'm going here. It's time for you to step and say, let me help. Not to put your goals on hold and not to reach them. It's time for you to make sure that you're pulling people up with you. It's a hand up, not a hand out. You're giving them. What's so at this level, it's very important to be prepared to be there in that dojo to help out sensei, to grow and make sure the class is flourishing, flourishing and growing and the underbelts are getting it, helping keeping the energy high in the dojo, in the school and moving forward. Being that example, being the standard 
very important to be the standard. So now you get to your beginning, intermediate, and your advanced part of training and of the martial arts. Man, in the advanced part, wow. You probably can do, who knows how many katas, over 20. And you probably can work with maybe 10, maybe even more weapons. And, and pretty efficient with them. And now you see yourself as more than just a student. Never should happen. Always a student. Always willing to learn. Always ready to teach and to be taught. Important, my friend. Very important. Now let's talk about your donches. The black belt level. The mastery level, as we call them, masters. In this stage of the martial arts, been there, done that, wrote the book, got the t-shirt. How about that? In this part, or placement, or stage, or era, your mind is very, very strong. Your influences reach far. When you tell someone you've been in the martial arts for over 20 years, the ears open up. They respect the time, that the dedication, that anybody will stick with something that long. I'm going to digress, not digress, but redeflect for a minute. Why, are, why is it in other things uh, uh, a student can go to school, a doctor can go to school for five or ten extra years to become a specialist, and we automatically expect to, to, to pay him more money for what he's learned? But in the martial arts, when a person reach that level, they still think of him as a, just a black belt. Because he's more than a black belt at that point, you realize that. Some of us have put over 50 years in the martial arts, myself being included in that group. But it's not so much about the pay that we're um, talking about. It's the, the lack of respect that people have for the position of that. You should, when you go to a dojo, see who's that elder martial artist. How much? How many years he got in? Maybe that might reflect why you would be so willing to make sure that the school keep flourishing and keep being around for other generations of students to come and make sure that that martial art um, dues is met whatever it may be. It's very important because with that kind of dedication over 50 years, it's really important that that person is probably a good resource to go to for the martial arts and to learn from him.
or her. Um, so the mastery level. As we grow older into the martial arts and become more of white belt minded, again, it's kind of weird for the people that's, you know, listening to me like white belt minded. You mean like a beginner mind again? Yes. Yes. We take on new challenges in the martial arts. We want to explore different things of the arts again and bring a sense of more culture into the martial arts, be it black, white, Chinese, Latin, whatever. Bring more of the culture that you're from into it and let them know about the person, the being. Teach them about the ancestor ways. Teach them about the growth in your art, about the growth in your path. Take them down your spiritual walk, as well as teaching them the physical strength of your art. And what it means to be at that level is a lot more deeper than throwing a punch or a kick. Even though you're able to do it with a little bit more ease, maybe not as long as a 25-year-old, but effective enough to handle the situation at that age and ages to come. You know, this will surprise a lot of people that 70-year-old martial artists, 80-year-old martial artists are still able to get on the dojo floor and train. Oh, they're not moving super fast, but they are moving. Their mind is so sharp. Their spirit is so strong. Their will is unquestionable. Their integrity is always the first thing you see. Us. I don't know if it ever will be a true thing as a master. I know that God is the ultimate master. I don't know if it ever be something that even come close when you say a master. You know, I, I try to run away from anybody who's an expert. I, I don't think it is an expert in anything. I think you can be relatively proficient. And you can be really, really, really good. Expertise is a great way to express something, but how do you really achieve it? Food for thought. Just food for thought. You know, it's been my pleasure to talk to you today on the way about these three different phases and leading up to the final phase of enlightenment. Whenever we become enlightened on something, that means we become aware of its pure existence and what the value of that thing is. And when that happens, wow. It's like finding out the day you was born and why. Pretty deep, right? Yep. The day you was born and finding out why. Pretty important days. Enlightenment. It takes us all to that next level. Spiritual awakening 
and able to deal and to help. To heal and being a part of this whole world. Being a part of the plan. Being the martial artist. My fellow martial artists, I thank you for your time today. And I hope you listen to the show, listen in on it, and get some insight out of it. Good, bad, or indifferent. I would love to hear your comments. And I welcome you to give me a call at any time to talk to me about the way. Again, this is Hunchy Henry Graves. Thank you for listening to the way. Domo Haigatum. Kung Fu or um, anything like that, or are you all considered the same? Uh, yeah, just mostly uh, karate and uh, com- you know combat type of training, defensive tactics type training. A uh, little bit of Tai Chi. Okay. Uh, you know. Okay, great. So let me ask you a question now. You say you've been in the martial arts that you you started in 2009 until present, or did you start even younger and and you got off of it for a little while then came back to it is that the way that happened yeah i started when i was younger um in high school uh, doing a little bit of taekwondo and um and then through the years uh i did it again with one of my daughters as she started uh, training and going through the belts and taekwondo she uh uh was studying and got all the way, I believe, to her brown belt till she got injured and wasn't able to continue. And then again, I started up again in 2009. Okay, okay. More serious. You know. What do you like most about the martial artists? Do you like the combat? Do you like the weapons? Or do you like the kata? Well, I'm getting older, so uh, I like learning the skills that keep me on my toes if I ever need to defend myself. Uh, but I like to do the katas. I like weapons, and uh, I just like training, you know, overall training. Okay, well, very good. So now, in the martial arts, have you ever had an opportunity or have you ever came upon a situation that you had to use anything you learned as far as um, in your shoulder con or in your defensive tactics or anything like that? Well, I have used a little bit of the shoulder con uh, when I was a correctional officer, and uh, sometimes you're not, uh, you know, in different situations portray themselves in a certain way and I think some of my karate training has helped uh, where you become uh, it's like firing your weapon it's muscle memory and so certain situations where I've had to defend myself I know I've used some Shotokan and uh, has helped me out a lot oh great great so you know in today's society um, do you believe that martial arts are important with the days you know the way the kids are today and you know with so many other things they could be doing where you see martial arts in society today well i think martial arts is a big plays a big factor with the young kids today even more because they've 
seems like the new generations have lost their uh, respect for a lot of things. And I know martial arts, that's the first thing that we teach is the respect and courtesy uh, along with the defending yourself uh, in a bad situation. But uh, I really think today's kids need need that respect uh, for themselves, their family, their friends, and start respecting each other uh, versus some of, some of the things they're doing right now. You know, it's kind of interesting. I have people come, parents bring their children in to teach the martial arts to them, but the whole aspect of them, they bring them in because they need discipline. And You know, I never had that worry when I was coming up with my mother and father about the discipline thing, yeah. you know. So, I don't know what it's like, the generation that the new generation of parents coming up, whether they are, like, trying to be friends with their kids and, you know, you and I know that don't work. You can't be their buddy. You got to right. be their father or you got to <laughs> be their mother. You can't be their pal yeah. because pals, they, you know, different, different like, um, levels. So um, the whole journey with the martial arts is of self-expression and self-learning. Um, you know, you, you learn to be a better person. You learn to be a better um, father, brother, 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 sister, brother, mother, just learn to do better in life. Now, you say you, you, you know, you've been practicing martial arts all these years, you know, and you say you like forms. Is there any particular kata or form you like better? Uh, right now, uh, I think my favorite has been, uh, I will say, uh, Basai Dai is one of my favorites. Great kata. I like to you know, get to where I can do that uh, instinctively, not even thinking about it. Yeah, just, just like without just muscle memory, right? Just muscle doing memory, it. just doing it, flowing, and uh, I just think it's a really nice kata. But a lot of the katas are really, are really good katas. Uh, uh, you know, Bonsai Dai is one of those katas that is a showcase for Shotokan. Because of the it's strong and a lot of things in it, you know, we finding I'm finding also that with Shotokan and most major tournaments, they use a lot of Shotokan katas yeah. in tournaments. And now the Olympics is using a Shotokan kata called Sansai, one of the katas that they will be um, introducing into it, an Olympic like kata, which is a beautiful kata, old kata, and now it's the rave. One time it was Joan, one time it was you know. Kanku die, and now this kata is making itself out there in the public. And I think people are going to really like it. Um, they're going to um, embrace that kata. It seems to have a lot of things in it. In your martial art journey, have you ever brought anybody with you in it? Like any, like your sister or your son or your um, aunt or uncle or nephew or anyone? Have you ever been training with any of these people in your life? Yeah, I've trained a lot with. Uh my family members, my son, actually, me and my youngest son started the Shotokan together back in uh, 2010, 2009. Okay. Uh, he's since, uh, you know, gone through, uh, going through school and graduation and age, and they tend to drift a little bit, uh, but now he's starting come, wanting to come back and get back into uh, doing Shotokan again, oh, which great. is good. Great. Uh, my nephew and my nieces uh, are wanting to also get into it, so I'm hoping this year... Uh, and next year we're going to have a lot of uh, family members uh, involved, and even my my fiance is saying that she would like to start learning. That's nice. Uh, some some Shotokan. So it's uh, that's a really a good 
thing for the whole family, and it's a good activity other than being on the TV and the yeah. video games all day long, and not so much for parents, but the kids. For the kids. <laughs> you know, when and when you have children that's taking a martial art with them, with you, you know, it, it ain't child abuse when you throw a good punch and take them down. It's called practice, right? Practice. So you get, you know, family, people out there, I'm just saying, you know, martial arts is a good thing for the whole family. And learning with your um, children and your um, uh, relatives, it can be very rewarding, you know. You can talk about different things you've done. Uh, do you like going to tournaments? Do you like participating in karate tournaments? Oh, yeah. I like I love the tournaments, and I like to participate. I want to get back more into uh, getting into some tournaments. Um, uh, also, I've done, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, the judging on the judging side. Uh, but I'd like to learn more and and just participate more in tournaments and, uh, and be able to be pretty well-rounded on both sides, you know, competing yeah. and then also being an official. Okay, and referee, and referee judge. And, and that type of stuff because I, I like to work with the kids, so I like to see them, you know, I like to watch them do their katas and their forms and at all level ages, you know. You know, when you say talking about your son doing martial arts, how did it make you feel when he first got that first stripe, that first belt and all of that. How did you feel watching his accomplishments? And did he talk to you about how he felt when you did yours and things like that? Yeah, it was really, really awesome because he he's never did it before. And, you know, when he got his first, even his first stripe on the white belt was a big deal for him, you know. And he just uh, drove hard after that. And he liked competing. He liked getting mm -hmm. trophies and medals. They love that kind of stuff. But it's also just a good way... They make them feel good about themselves, you know. I was real proud of him. I'm still proud of him. I mean, he 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 hasn't uh, let it go, even though he's he's come a long way from 10 years old. You know, now he's you know 21, and uh, but he wants to continue. So I'm glad to see him do that. Wow, that's great. Getting back in the dojo again, getting there sweating. I remember I took a um, a break from martial arts for a couple years, and uh, when I came back. It was like I never left it, but still it was a little bit more effort getting back into it. Now, you know, it's been a steady flow for me. So I always say karate is like hot water. You put a pot of water on the stove, it's hot, it's boiling and everything like that. And once you take that pot away from the stove, that hot water becomes cold. You got to heat it all over again. You know, I remember yeah. one time I, since they said, you know, doing karate is like putting an old-fashioned pump in the ground and pumping water. You know, you got to get it primed and all of that, then it's going. And once you stop pumping it after it started flowing and it stopped, you got to start that procedure all over again, getting it reprimed and get the flow going again. So it's better to stick with it and just follow through. You know, um, the older you get with martial arts, I think we find out that we can do other things. We don't have to be the best fighter in the dojo. We can be the smartest person in the dojo as far as movements and helping the kids to get better and things like that. Um, are you have any aspiration on teaching and, and things like that? Yeah, I like to teach and uh, that's one of my things, even in my corrections. Uh, when I was a correction officer, I was an FTO and I like training and I, you know, I want to be able to teach class and I like to teach the you know, younger kids. Okay. And, uh, eventually, we want to get a, our own school too and yes, uh, branch yes. out. We want to continue and grow and make it a full time 
uh, situation. Okay. So you want to make this a full-time thing, not just a part-time yeah, thing. Yeah, full-time. It's not really part-time because oh, you're doing it. I understand that. But um, what is the greatest situation. part of... Okay. So you want to the greatest part of um, learning to you? The doing, the seeing, the remembering. It's different ways we learn. Right. Uh, I'm a more of a... Uh, I have to actually do it, feel it, touch it kind of uh, learner. You know, so I mean, you can explain things to me, and I'll I'll get it. But until I actually do it and do it repeatedly, uh, then I retain it, and uh, and I'm able to you know teach it. So I like to I'm a hands-on type of learner. So you know, I like to have it presented to me, but then I like to do it, and then go through the motions of the actual process, and then and then uh, retain it. Okay. So I like to get my hands dirty. So. Let me tell you something. I've learned that the weapon I've really um, adopted is the samurai sword. I love doing sword kata. And I used to love the nunchucks, obviously, because of Bruce Lee. That's one of the things that I tell people that got me into it. And as I got older, I never got a chance to meet Bruce Lee, but I did get to meet the guy that fought with Bruce Lee in a speed contest, and he became my instructor. His name is Vic Moore. Um, here at our academy, at Henry Grace Martial Art Academy, oh, if I didn't tell you, we're located at um, 2345 East Michigan. We love doing a variety of things. We teach kabuto. We teach self-defense. We do the katas, but we also we love sparring. Our school is known very much for sparring. And, and it seems like, um, Dave, when you um, get into a dojo, now some dojos specialize in just kata, and they don't like the sparring aspect of it. How do you feel about kata opposed to sparring or um, uh, weapons? Um, um, how do you feel about these three aspects of the martial arts? How do each one of them kind of hit you? What, what, what are your relationship with that, this, those disciplines? Well, I, you know, I really believe uh, they, they all go hand in hand. You really need to do to learn the katas, learn the moves, the proper way to execute those moves, um, and then what the sparring gives you a chance to do is to practice with those things that you learned in the katas and in the class. So uh, it's one. One thing is to just go through the motions and learn how to punch, learn how to kick, but you also need to recognize it, how to kick and how to punch when, you, when you're being attacked by somebody and which, which, which uh, movement you're going to use to block or kick or defend yourself. So the sparring is a great way to do that. So if you, the more you spar, the better you get at watching how your opponents attack you, anticipating a kick or a punch, and, it, and let your mind know, okay, well, I need a high block here. I need to do this. So I really believe that it's a it's full circle. You know, you got to learn the katas. you got to spar. You know, you got to practice on your own away from school. Uh, it's It really needs to be a daily thing uh, so it becomes second nature to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you, um, in the dojo, I love sparring. I love to see the kids sparring, especially the kids that come in who have been bullied, you know, and they, they feel very shy. And one thing I learned with these kids, once you show them that they have so much strength inside, internal strength, that they don't have to fight, they can walk away from a fight. But if they have no other choice, 